Hi, welcome to Story Hall, a podcast exploring the lore behind the most important stories in the world. So pull up a chair by the fireplace and let us put a story in your hole. <laughs> Hi, welcome to Story Hall. I'm Joey. I'm Kevin. I'm Roger's ectoplasm. I'm spooky. Brian. <laughs> I'm regular Joey. I'm going to be honest with <laughs> you guys. We've been on the show a long time. Every time I say that, it's just seeing me. It's the same me every time. Oh. Every time, huh? It's always yeah. been you. Mm-hmm. I could have sworn last time that maybe it wasn't. <laughs> hey, can I, you Kevin, tell me that was? Can I pull you aside for a second, Kevin? Yeah. That wasn't That wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I knew it. it. Yes. Don't tell the others, I okay? Knew it. I'm not going to tell them anything. <laughs> I knew it. Okay, let's go back to the fire. Uh, <laughs> hi, hi, everyone. Uh, as you know, it is October, and we are out in the woods, as we do every year, uh, to share some scary stories. So that's what we're doing. Welcome. Welcome. Second round. Mm-hmm. Pull up a log. Pull up a log. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Okay. Now, Bry and Raj, I know you guys know a lot about history, but it's not my strong suit. So I actually have a, a question for Kev. Uh, how are you with history? Uh, I'm I'm fine with it, I guess. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I'm all right with it, I guess. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> it's going pretty well. Pretty pretty good so far. Yeah. Changes a little bit in the books from when yeah, we were yeah. Kids. yeah. He has its ups and downs. He's dabbled. Yeah. But uh, I'm kind of curious how how scary I can make learning today. <laughs> oh God! <Ooh. laughs> yeah. I'm already I'm already nervous. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's a good start for it. A little sweaty, a little that's sweaty a, over here. Yeah, it's like those nightmares you have of being back in school. My pants yes. are down. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's never the dream. <laughs> it's either you don't have any clothes, or your pants are just down. <laughs> my nightmares aren't that bad. It's just, I'm it's not, not naked. A- my pants are just down. There's definitely a solution to his nightmare. He's just not taking it. Yeah, it's more of a, just a memory of last week. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to talk to you guys about a painting, or rather, a set of paintings that culminate with an image of hell. And it's largely debated over what the actual meaning of what much of this is like, go, what's going on in this painting really is. But I just really like it. So I thought it'd be fun and a little change of pace to kind of talk about some art history today. And today we're going to look at a piece called The Garden of Earthly Delights. Cool. I mean, that sounds, Ooh. it doesn't sound scary at all so no. far. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love so delights. <laughs> yeah. Prove it. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm delighting right now. I'll tell you that much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can tell. <laughs> Looking, <laughs> <never mind. laughs> okay. The Garden of Earthly Delights is a series of adjoining paintings around the year 1500 by Hieronymus Bosch, formerly known as Geronimus Van Aken, from the town of Den Bosch. Is this related to the Bosch in the show? <laughs> the the mighty one? No, no. It's it's an Amazon special. <laughs> oh, oh. There's this shitty show called, called Bosch, and it's about some. <laughs> Some detective solving mysteries. It's the kind of show that only only like I don't know grandmothers watch. Uh, Brian loves it. Bosch is number one fan. He brings it up every chance he gets. It's very very good. I'm Just a Bosch head through and through. Just ignore him. A show for grandmothers <laughs> and Brian. Yeah. I'm not the only one. Fans, if you you would like to write in and say that no. you also love Bosch, you can stop calling on the Bosch army to rise up. It's not going to happen. Come on, my Bosch brothers, let's do it. <laughs> All right, well, well, my Bosch, Hieronymus Bosch, mm-hmm. he was Geronimus Van Aken, but he's from a town called Den Bosch, which is Dutch. And, uh, of course, uh, we're looking at some of his artwork. So the piece we're looking at is, is oil on oak. It's on what's known as a triptych, which is traditionally a large altarpiece for a church that opens up kind of like 
But the best description I can give you is a two-door refrigerator. So like when it's closed, you can see the front and there's the two panels that are kind of closed on each other, but you can open them up to reveal food. <laughs> two half-sized panels on the outer doors and one large main piece in the center, which is like where you keep the good food. Oh. Is this like um, like when you used to do those science fairs and stuff? Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah, yeah, the Elmer's yeah, Food Course exactly. report thing. It's a, that's mm-hmm. the perfect yeah. analogy. I want to um, pick your brain, Joey. If this was an Earthly Delight refrigerator, what would be the item inside? Mm. Um, a pineapple upside down cake. Oh, okay. okay. Good choice. Uh, that's, that's the correct answer. You did it. Yay! Yay! The only correct answer. <laughs> so we're going to focus on the inner right panel, but we need some context first. So I'm going to brush over the rest of this piece, uh, and then we'll kind of get there. Now, when the triptych is closed, uh, and again, imagine a closed refrigerator... On the closed door panels, when you look at it, there is one full scene of the third day of creation, and it's a flat dome of atmosphere around a flat plane of Earth, and God is in the top left-hand corner as as he is in the real life sky. Where he should be. Uh-huh. Yeah, where he should be. Yeah. And, uh, Does he look like a, like a son wearing sunglasses? Oh, cool. He's got two scoops of raisins. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can actually see him. I, I have I have my slideshow ready like a proper teacher uh, in, in our Discord, and I'm going to have these ready for everybody on, on Instagram. So please check. This is a highly visual uh, story. At, at Storyhole Podcast. Oh, my God. There's so many. So you guys see the closed triptych, and you see, you see God in the corner. Um, what, has he got a book? Yeah, he's got a, he's got a little book. He's reading? Yeah, it's a oh. Bernstein Bears. Oh, cool. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what he got his inspiration for for this piece. <laughs> that's where the Bible came from, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so... He's I mean, just it's probably sorry to interrupt. It's probably an instruction manual on how to make an earth, oh, yeah. right? Earth for dummies, yeah, totally from IKEA. But <laughs> who wrote the manual? Oh, <laughs> so uh, it's it's done. Uh, what's called grisaille, which is all grayscale for the sake of like looking like a sculpture, basically. Mm-hmm. And it's a little ominous, but it's largely just very boring. So I'm just going to kind of skip past that. If you were to look at this piece, you would just be like, "This is kind of a big boring ball," which is interesting because. This piece is like super big. It's seven and a half by 13 feet when it's open and, and the outside isn't very inviting. But when you open it up, it reveals a wildly colorful series of a bunch of little people and animals and creatures running around doing all sorts of weird stuff. I think it's very Where's Waldo for adults. So that's the, ne- <laughs> that's the next slide. <laughs> Sorry, who's the Waldo in this one? Is it Jesus? It's gotta be. Uh, you'll have to make a choice at the very end. I mean, I guess there's the egg in the middle, which is kind of good. Okay. Uh, but... There are just there's so many wacky Waldo characters to, to choose from, okay. uh, but that's kind of intentional because this piece was made for conversation and for entertainment. So you know it would be meant to, for you to go and sit around, kind of like how we go and see a movie, that you would look at it and you would talk about what these people were doing uh, in in this in the situation. It's cool. If you open it up on the first panel, God is standing there. Uh, he looks kind of young, like a Jesus, and he's waking up Adam in the Garden of Eden, and he's presenting Eve to him. And Adam's blushing. Eve looks coy. And we see some symbolism for fertility and religion, like grapes and less foliage. And God is looking directly at us and making the sign of the cross gesture with his hand. He's blessing the union of Adam and Eve and encouraging them to make babies. So we have uh, Eucharist uh, looking leaves. We have a fountain, which is a sign of purity and fertility. And then we have on the very bottom, the start of the corruption. These little animals, weird hybrids crawling out of the water. So that's again, go go next slide. Can you guys see the Is animals? That a manatee? Yeah. Does God hate manatees? Yeah, what's wrong with those <laughs> animals? I don't know. I don't know how God feels about evolution, to be honest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hear sure. he's against it. I'm going to give a letter to my mom around Christmas to give to him to see what he says. 
I like that one of the ducks is reading a book. Yeah, that's so funny. Like, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) It's a good duck. It's an odd. (laughs) We're looking at a mixture of like just grotesque animals, but also mixed in. There's just some just normal ass animals too. (laughs) There's like there's like a unicorn fish, but then Uh, also just a bird. Is that a (laughs) is that a just a, a sea lion? Is this is an adorable little sea lion. That's a little that's manatee. A, yeah. that's a manatee. Oh, there's some a manatee toads in there. Here. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You guys, I mean, okay. normally I would say, "Hey, I didn't paint this," but in this case, "Hey, I didn't create Earth." Okay. <laughs> uh, it's weird. It's almost like he didn't read his manual when he was making the thing. Yeah, he he made some mistakes. Definitely, he went off book. Yeah, what a dork. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Wait, do you think that's God? Like, or is that God's manual? The little guy reading the book. Oh yeah! Like, oh, this is just totally it. messed up. Yeah, <laughs> oh, you done goofed, God. <laughs> he's trying to figure out why he's so fucked up. Looking, this isn't right at all. Yeah. God, God why you do this? Why have human arms and a fish butt? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Now the next two slides are just examples of stuff that's going on in the main painting. All right. This is the beginning of the fall of man. Sins will take the sinners. And in the middle, the largest panel, we see that it looks like a bunch of people having fun, but. These are the men and women of Eden indulging themselves too much. This middle panel is largely just about lust and an imagery of shameless nudity, hollow fruits, cherries, birds, all the things that are just highly symbolic of sex. Yeah, man, I love this thing so much. This is very fun. Yeah, it's very fun. Upon closer inspection, you'll see like fish out of water to represent chaos. Men presenting their butts to other men as sodomy was seen as sin at the time. Mountain animals depicting the seven deadly sins. Two lovers entangled in a clam, spilling out the virgin pearls. Man has gone corrupted. And we have witnesses making direct eye contact with the viewer. There are owls scattered across this. There are six of them. And we as the viewer are witnessing this because they're looking directly at us. Now, for us, we know that owls are kind of like wise older beings. But at the time... They weren't at all. They were seen as nocturnal hunters and bad omens. And we also start to see toads start to appear in like little corners. They were seen as henchmen of the devil. They're poisonous. And as you see more and more toads, that's representative that uh, basically the devil's henchmen are coming out to get all these people. And listeners, uh, if you're not looking at this at this painting, it's like a giant landscape. Yeah, you're wasting your time, number one. Yeah. But yeah. it's like a it's like a sweeping landscape just full of tiny, tiny depictions of, of naked human figures just partying, right? Yeah. yeah. Just doing whatever. Yeah, always naked. Dude, I love that guy. There's one guy riding like a chimera, but he's got like who's holding like a a fish, like a gun. Yeah. <laughs> I love yeah. that. And that little cat guy ahead of him with a lot of people just eating giant fruits and having sex. And and is there sign anybody me up. wearing clothes? No, uh, I don't think so. Everyone naked? There's one guy that looks like he's in a giant blueberry. It looks like he's kind of yeah. wearing that blueberry like a, <laughs> yeah. and like a the barrel. The upside down person next to the blueberry is kind of wearing like a butterfly. <laughs> it looks good. I don't know what it is, but That's it looks interesting. good. Yeah. I see I mean, the cover of one seeing? of the Flaming Lips albums. Yeah, um, totally. Uh, th- there is one character that is wearing clothes, though. I can surprise you with that fun fact. Surprise. Because if you look at the next slide... There are two figures in the bottom right corner of the entire panel, and they're kind of in the dark, kind of hiding underneath this little, like, it's kind of like uh, when you're hiding from the Dark Riders uh, in Lord of the Rings. Yeah. You hide under that weird little tree trunk thing. They're like that. They're hiding. It's Eve and it's Adam. And Eve is looking up concerned, and Adam is looking directly at us as if to acknowledge that he sees what's happening to man. 
but he's also pointing at Eve yeah, as like, if to it's imply, her fault. like she did it. Too. <laughs> uh, so, and so, is, so that Eve is she covered in fur? She's looking pretty hairy, isn't she? She looks real hairy. Does she? Yeah, look at that bod. I mean, that could just be the brush strokes, though. It could be the texture from the paint. But. Yeah, could be, but that's pretty furry, man. Hey, that's what happened. You know what it's like in, in Eden. You've never been. Yeah. When never, you taste yeah. that fruit of knowledge, you get <laughs> yeah. hairy. That's why I'm so hairy, audience. Oh, that's true. <laughs> I know so much. Eats a lot of fruit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but this is going to lead us to our last panel, which is kind of the bread and butter of what I wanted to talk about. We kind of set the tone. Roger explained that, yeah, there's a lot of just little scenes of there's tons of these little people across this giant canvas just doing all sorts of crazy stuff. You could look at this for, for literally hours and try to figure out what's going on for all these people. But we're going to get into the actual tall third panel. Looking at that last panel, in contrast to the bright blues and greens of the first two, this scene is much darker. The entire top third of the scene just depicts a city at night under attack from demons and soldiers and beasts. And the humans are running and they're diving into the water too, just trying to escape. And they're being corralled by their captors. And it's a dark scene with bits of fire illuminating small peaks uh, of the background and clouds of billowing smoke above. And the imagery is reminiscent of Den Bosch, his hometown, which burned down when he was a child. Um, there is a scene of a white figure holding out against a larger demon, uh, which is kind of very similar to like a Gandalf versus a Balrog, which I thought was really interesting in the background, but you have to look for it to find it. Now, as you, you know, get lower in the panel, the perspective allows for us to see more of the humans and the demons of this hell, like their details. The humans are nude still, but they're ashamed. And if they're not actively being tortured, they're covering up or looking at the viewer as if to plead for help. Next slide. The first major figure in this scene is a huge monster trampling over the people below. And the monster is two ears carrying a giant knife (laughs) just being ridden by these dark spindly demons also carrying the insignia of the region that uh, Bosch was from uh, which made and sold knives at the time next slide immediately below him is a horse skull and simply to remind you that life is temporary but death is inevitable and this hell is going to be forever now protruding from the horse's skull is a man's limp body draped over a large key and for the time Keys were were typically meant to symbolize St. Peter, who held the keys to the kingdom of heaven. But this key is dark, and it's to let you know that the gates of hell are open now. Next slide. To the right, we see what appears to be the humongous torso of a hollowed-out man. And he's looking over his shoulder, and we can see his face clearly, uh, as well as the scene inside of his empty chest. In his torso is a tavern, uh, as bars were a place for people to turn to with the intention of sinning. On his head, there's a flat hat with a bagpipe that's meant to look like a ball sack and a bunch of mixed <laughs> animal and human couples partnering up, which that symbolizes like my ball sack promiscuity. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're right. But this is, a, this is an old-timey ball sack. Yeah, okay. This is, this is before they got the, they've got HD and 4K. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, if you follow the big tree man's arms down, they, they, they appear like broken tree trunks with like leprosy sores, which may or may not indicate that this is actually the Antichrist in the eye of, eyes of Bosch. And he supports his huge body on the bottom with his trunk arms in ferry boats. Now, this guy has a name. His name is Tree Man. And it's also believed to be Bosch himself. But the weird part is that this guy appears in a print that Bosch had made prior to this painting. Uh, where he's not in hell. 
So if you guys go ahead again, next slide, you can see. Hey, who's that that guy in the white cloak in the boat? What's he doing? White cloak in white the boat. Cloak in the boat on the on his right foot. Oh, there's a little sneaker hanging on the boat. Sneaker oh, the little sneaker in there. That guy's name is the sneaker. Sneak. <laughs> uh, he's actually from that's a biblical figure yeah. you'll find him in the bible uh, uh-huh. they say that maybe around the year 2020 he will mm-hmm. arrive in southern california and then leave to maryland yep and, <laughs> and then fulfill out his cruel <laughs> destiny <laughs> but that oh, makes man. the question if this tree man wasn't always in hell what did he do to get there i mean i mean what, yeah, what can a tree man do I, I yeah, he's still stepping on boats. He's still got boat shoes. <laughs> Maybe that's it. He's just confusing. He's, he is, was this the moment? This is it. He, he decided. He's like, oh, I don't want to walk on my feet, arms. I'm going to walk on some boats. <laughs> that there's a yeah. sin. That's also his. That's his voice. <laughs> it's, it's, it's Ray Romano. <laughs> it looks like him. <laughs> uh, below him, we have a frozen lake because some of the imagery here is directly inspired by Dante's Inferno. And at the bottom circle of hell, it's not fire; it's frozen. Uh, there's also a tiny little penguin demon who's chasing men on ice skates. One of I which is that. just on a one giant ice skate, and another is doing like the Jack from Titanic thing and sinking into the cold depths. Next slide. Below that, we see the music area. Non-religious music at the time was seen as super sinful, and as such, is loaded with erotic connotations. We got the the nude hurdy gurdy man cranking his instrument, and I guess upon the next crank, I don't know how hurdy gurdies work, but it's supposed to cut that lady's head off. Who's sticking out of that bottom right there? Oh no! Oh yeah. no! Yeah, if you look like what is of, a hurdy gurdy? It's like a it's like it's a, a string a, instrument that you play yeah, with a crank. You you crank it and it plays the music. Huh. That's cool. Um, mm-hmm. So and it's like with, a player huh. piano but stringed. Yeah, I guess so. Neat. Um, now with him is dangerous so though. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. But I mean, so are pianos because you know, you make a song so <laughs> you could drop them. You could drop them. Fall in love. Yeah, you could drop like a cartoon. <laughs> um, um, now with him is a man standing hunched over, and this is called incurvatus, uh, that, that position in which he's hunched completely over, and it indicates a selfish life. And on the left, there's a guy being crucified with harp strings all throughout his body, uh, and a snake demon that's gnarly. tying up a guy against a lute. Bottom right is a guy carrying a flute like Jesus carried the cross, and you get the picture that all of this is just to mock Christianity. Mm-hmm. But at the bottom is my favorite. Leading this choir is a demon reading sheet music that's clearly written on the <laughs> guy's butt. butt. The man who's being crushed by the loot. And wouldn't you know it, people have actually transposed this out. Uh, so I've actually, I, I picked my favorite version, which is I found a guy online. There's a, there's a, a kind of a small community of people that are trying to make versions of this song, which is kind of cool. But if you guys scroll oh, again, cool. kind of to the bottom, you'll see that there's a close up of the picture of the demon in the butt. And there's also mm-hmm. a link right above that if you guys want to hear what this sounds like with accompaniment. So this is the music written on a man's butt in hell. It's it's beautiful but ominous, and it also makes my makes my butt hurt. Does it make your butt hurt? I'm not oh yeah, to check it. your butt. I'm just reading. I'm reading the uh, the, the sheet music uh, <laughs> now. What's cool about this, this version of it, uh, this guy whose name, I'm just going to give him a shout out because I'm going to borrow this for the show. Uh, Jim Spalink, uh, he's did this based off of the transcription from Amelia Hamrick, who are part of that community of people who are making this music. But he also used the C, G, and E uh, notes 
And when you do that, it's what's called, it's called the devil's interval. And that was forbidden to use back in the medieval days. So it's kind of cool that he's like purposefully using some, some forbidden cord, huh? That's really neat. It it is pretty, it's spooky. I love the names of these links that I'm seeing on the side now next to this video. Mm -hmm. Hieronymus Bosch butt song. Yeah. Hieronymus (laughs) Bosch butt music. It's so good. (laughs) There's also one that says like sleep music for dogs. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. Anyway. Uh, let's go. Let's continue moving forward. Now, in the foreground, we see uh, an image. We start to make out some more detail. There is a really big blue bird man, and he's eating people. This elicits the chaos that the hunted are now becoming the hunters. And in contrast of Eden, birds used to offer food to people through, like you know, fruits and whatnot. And this blue bird man is eating people. He's the prince of hell. That's his actual title. And he's just constantly eating people out and shooting them out whole into an open toilet where they're being dropped into the sewers below to drown. Uh, this is one more homage to Den Bosch because there was an open sewer when Hieronymus Bosch was a kid and he smelled crazy. So I guess in his vo- in his views, a lot of the stuff that's in this are, are things from his life. Hell is parts of his life. And at the base of the sewer hole, we also see a greedy man shooting out gold coins, a slothful man uh, with a toad on his body. Uh, and a glutton puking uh, into the sewer, that is. And we also see a prideful woman slightly to the left side who's being forced by a demon to look into a mirror at herself for eternity, which is also a butt of some other creature. <laughs> so butts are used a lot in this. That is very good. That demon's so, cool. So wait, is that supposed to be Lucifer? If he's the prince of hell? I guess so. It, it, it's unclear, to be honest. I tried to figure that out, but I must. Uh-huh. it must be then. Is the reason why the guy that the bird is eating is shitting out birds is to show the relationship between like you ate, you eat birds and then birds eat you? Oh, that is interesting. Yeah. There's just birds exploding out of that guy's butt, huh? Yeah. The bird is eating a man who is shitting birds. <laughs> uh, That's yes. hell for you. Yeah. I mean, I, that <laughs> yeah. makes sense, right? What if we were gluttonous people and we were just eating way too many chickens from chicken nuggets our whole life? This yeah. is oh, a shit. punishment that a is chicken that a man's going to eat. Is that what it is? Hey, Roger, I'm going to write a letter to God uh, around Christmas to get to my mom. I can ask for you. Okay, thank the, you. The yeah. tree of knowledge and the nugget of truth. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, for the sake of time, I'm probably going to skip past most of the gamblers and the prostitutes and like the rabbit man that you see in the next slide. For the yeah, first time ever in your life, Joey. Yeah, typical. <laughs> <laughs> there is a severed hand of God, though, which is being stabbed into, which is pretty metal. It's, it was supposed to be like him doing his little sign of the cross, and it's but it's holding a, a dice, which is kind of kind of harsh. Um, now, the more foreground scene is of a pig dressed as a nun handing a quill to a reluctant man. Below him, a crowish beast with a knight's helmet on. He's offering ink for the quill and has a severed human foot hanging from his head. And this is a nod to the ergot-infected grain that caused gangrene in the Middle Ages. But around these figures, there's also a bunch of paperwork with little red dotted tags on it. The red seals indicate that these are serious documents as they're modeled after the indulgences sold by the Catholic Church at the time. Basically, if you wanted to sin and you had money, you could buy your salvation through the church by purchasing these prayers on behalf of the church. Now, this is speculation on my part, but there was a lot of criticism bubbling up at this time from like writers and theologians and whatnot. So maybe this is a way of pointing a uh, finger at the crooked practice of the, the Catholic Church, uh, but I'm not really sure. Uh, anyway, 
I, I guess ultimately, Maybe it it could be like you know this these things aren't real. They're not going to save you. Yeah. So they're still in hell, even though they still have their yeah their things. That's good. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Now, I mean, I guess the ultimately we're looking at this whole thing as uh, this piece as a whole, and it's why are there so many weird things? And basically, the reason why he he painted so strange Bosch's work. He it was displayed at the St. John's Cathedral in the Netherlands. And as such, he was part of the inner circle there and had access to the libraries of like tons of old art, which included medieval manuscripts. He was also a fan of Gothic architecture. And I said Dante's Inferno earlier. And this is where he drew inspiration for all these things. These hybrids and gargoyles uh, are they're They're little cartoons that are in the margins of these manuscripts. These are called drolleries. And they're often like comical depictions of low life subjects or silly creatures. There's a whole lot of wieners. It's basically for real, very akin to the drawings in like the notebook of a high schooler. And so basically, you know, he, he, he was part of the high Renaissance. And even though people kind of question, like, was he being critical of Christianity? Uh, was he, um, a surrealist? No, he was just a, he was just a, a standard Renaissance painter who was a precursor to the Surrealists because he was studying a bunch of weird stuff that happened in a bunch of other, um, you know, artists' work that happened before his life. Um, that's basically it. Uh, the last thing I wanted to point out is that you can buy toys of all these weird, weird creatures on Amazon. <laughs> uh, so I'll, I'll put some pictures up of those toys. They're pretty funny. Oh, that's great. Uh, that's really cool. What yeah. are they called? Are they like Butt Man or Butt Music Man? Or? <laughs> no, it's... Uh, so you got, you got your... Uh, uh, helmeted monster. You got Parastone, uh-huh. delights collectible figure, Devil Knight, cha- chair devours humans. So I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I can send a link to if you guys want to see him, but I don't want to waste your time too much. No, that was very very cool. Yeah, yeah. I don't feel like they really captured the look on this guy's face. Yeah, that's yeah, like tree man. Oversight. Yeah, especially because they had two references. But if also you keep scrolling down, a lot of precious moments figurines that are also lovely and on sale. Oh, <laughs> that is such a weird combination. Yeah. Hey, there's Mickey. There's Mickey. <laughs> cool. Uh, now, I, I guess I asked Kevin first. Uh, was it scary to learn? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yep. It just makes me think, what What don't I know? Mm-hmm. I thought mm-hmm. I knew everything, and then you showed me I didn't, and now I, I'm questioning it all. This is the only thing. It's terrifying. I felt my brain get bigger physically bigger and now my yeah. head's all misshapen and that's kind of scary yeah. well i feel like yeah, you look scary i feel like i learned a lot and i'm pretty sure learning too much is what god is mad about in this painting and yeah. i'm <laughs> about to have my butt played by a monster oh, no. <laughs> you're gonna get your butt played <laughs> yep. play my butt demon yeah uh all right Rod, you got some, is something for us tonight? Yeah. If you are intrigued by these visions of hell, I have something that uh, that you might want to know about. It's a, it's a graveyard. And if you visit it, you might get a chance to see these creatures for yourself. Have you guys ever been to Stoll, Kansas? No. No. It's a tiny town in the middle of nowhere out in the Kansas countryside. And if you're interested in finding this town for yourself... The name is Stoll. It's like Skull, but with a T instead of a K. Already kind of ominous, right? Uh Yeah, who are you fooling? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, not very subtle. Um, The town was founded in 1857 by Amish settlers. And one of the first things that they did is they built a church. And by 1860, they had finished it. It's this big stone building, peaked roofs. Uh, It looks more like something I would expect to see from like a European medieval countryside rather than Kansas. 
and they called it the Evangelical Emmanuel Church. There always seems to be some religious facet to our scary stories. <laughs> mm-hmm. Nothing scarier than religion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And as the town people in Stoll would pass away, they'd be buried on the church grounds, which they named Stoll Cemetery. And it's the cemetery that's the reason we're talking about Stoll. It's the home to a bunch of legends about ghosts and demons, and it's considered by many to be one of the only reliable spots in the world where you can catch a glimpse of the devil himself. Why would the devil be in Kansas? <laughs> yeah, I always peg the devil for more of like a like a Miami Beach kind of guy. Hot sun. Oh, yeah, totally. And you would assume he would be hanging out with like his people, which are like the slothful and like, you know, the envious and gluttonous. Uh-huh. And isn't Miami Beach where you get you get sexy and eat and drink too much? Pina coladas, baby. I feel like that's that feels like a like a Boz Lerman, Romeo and Juliet version of, of yeah, the devil. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. What, that one song, like where the, you're playing for your soul against the devil. Is it Devil Went Down to Kansas? Georgia. <laughs> that, that, that crossed, it crossed my mind. I was like, is it Kansas? I was like, no. <laughs> Kansas. Hey, Vegas would be too on the nose, right? Yeah. yeah. You wouldn't want to hide out there. Two on the nose, yeah. yeah. You'd just be annoyed by that because it's a bunch of like fanboys and, you know. Not true sinners. Yeah. Well, to understand how yeah. the devil ends up in Stoll, we have to talk about the town's history a little bit. In the early 1900s, the town started to dwindle. The farms started to dry up, the businesses closed, and people started leaving. The population just plummeted. And without a congregation to support it, the church was abandoned. It was just left to crumble and fall into disrepair. And you know what happens to an old abandoned church when it's left to rot, right? It becomes haunted. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, okay. It, it attracts ghosts <laughs> and it attracts witches. There's nothing a witch likes more than an old crumbling church. That makes sense. Because mm-hmm. it's the perfect place for the rituals. Yeah. And we're talking about the classic witch stereotype here, making packs with the devil, cursing people, all that stuff. Not like the nature worshiping Wiccan witches, which are typically good. We're talking about the evil ones. Mm. And these rituals that the witches perform, they're typically based off of a perversion of Christian traditions. So if Christians are going to use a cute soft lamb as a symbol for purity, witches are going to use an old wiry gross goat. And if Christians are going to hold their worship in big beautiful churches, witches are going to do their rituals in old decaying churches. At least that's the idea. So the witches start holding their meetings there, communing with evil spirits, and it's said that they make contact with the devil himself. They're able to create a a, a gate that allows the devil to leave hell and come hang out on the church grounds with them. In Miami. <laughs> no, in Kansas. Oh, shit. Sorry. <laughs> and here's, here's where the story takes a turn. Are you guys ready? Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The devil falls in love. Oh. oh. What a twist. <laughs> he meets one of the witches, and they really hit it off. They have so much in common. They're just great together. And You can't, you love killing and hating things? <laughs> I hate things. I do, yeah, too. what is it that... What is it that the devil finds attractive, you think? I mean, I would have to assume it's not what we find attractive, right? Mm-hmm. So probably uh, really well, gross. Okay. So if you're a boob guy, then he's an ass man. <laughs> I mean, is, is, uh. is, it, is a butt the opposite of boobs? I would say I would say it's not. Um, I think it would have to be just something you don't expect, like a kidney. Okay. Oh, so, oh maybe it's a uh, maybe it's that alien with the three boobs from uh, some movie called K Pax. Total Recall. Total Recall. I'm yeah. pretty sure it was K Pax. <laughs> K Pax. <and> Total Recall. <laughs> yeah, it was Kevin Spacey. He wears cool glasses. Yeah. You know? So <laughs> this devil and this witch, they're dating, and eventually they decide to take their relationship to the next level. So they uh, share a passionate night together, you know, smooching, kissing, the whole thing. Wow. Mm -hmm. And from that night of passion, a child is conceived. The devil's going to be a dad. 
Now, I know what you're thinking. You're probably hoping for a heartwarming story about the devil playing catch with a son and mm-hmm. you know, proudly watching watching his son graduate from college. Yeah. It's not. Oh, don't do this. It doesn't work out. I want to see him go to Lamar's class. <laughs> oh. It wasn't meant to be. The baby comes out super deformed. It's just a, a mess of flesh and hair and goo, and it's just not fit to live. It dies just days after its birth, which is absolutely crushing for the devil. And then things get even worse. The witch that he fell in love with, she dies too. Uh-oh. Now, we don't know how or why exactly. There are stories of the townspeople hanging witches in an effort to drive them out of their old church. She might be one of the way- ones that was hanged. There's even a tree on the church grounds that's purported to be the witch hanging tree. So she might have died by the hands of the townspeople. But there's also stories of her dying in childbirth. And the townspeople didn't know she was a witch, so they buried her in the church graveyard. There's even a tombstone that says witch on it, but it's spelled wrong. With a question mark? (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't really work. It doesn't make sense. But she dies. We don't know exactly how. What we do know, though, is that the devil was absolutely heartbroken. So much so that twice a year he comes back. He makes the trek all the way up from hell to Stoll, Kansas, to pay his respects to his lost love. What a romantic. Which is just kind of sweet, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's a sweet devil. No, uh, maybe I'm getting ahead, so please stop me, but do the people that live there, like, are they aware? Do they have gifts? Or, like, they're aware. Like, like- but they claim to not be. So it's a it's kind of a problem for the town because so many people come there looking for the devil and they just absolutely hate it. It's uh, They think it's disrespectful to their ancestors that are buried in the graveyard. So they try to discourage it. But at the same time, they don't do a very good job of it. Like, for example, there was a TV cruise in the 1970s that went out to see if they could catch a glimpse of the devil. And all the townspeople had to do is, you know, wait till midnight and uh, no devil would show up, mm-hmm. and the whole thing would just uh, just blow over. Yeah. But instead, the townspeople waited until 11.30, half an hour before midnight, and then just out of nowhere started forcing the TV crews out of town. The TV crews had, like, the sheriff's permission and everything, but the, local, the locals were like, you have to get out of here. So they try to discourage it, but almost in a way that plays into it more. Yeah, that makes me believe it much more than I did before that happened. That seems, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. But if you're looking to catch a glimpse of this uh, this sad, sweet devil, go on Halloween night or on the night of the spring equinox. It's said that those two nights are when the barrier between our world and hell are the thinnest. So it's the easiest for him to come visit. And if you're looking to take a trip to hell yourself, this is your opportunity. If you want to go hear that butt music that Joey played or go see those hell monsters yourself, yeah. Stoll Graveyard is your ticket. Because the witches that summoned the devil, when they did that, they opened a gate, um, a, a pathway. And that pathway is still there. It was never closed. On most nights, you won't be able to find it, though. On Halloween night, or on the night of the spring equinox, because the veil between our two worlds is so much thinner, you will be able to see it. It appears as a set of stone steps, like a a staircase, that descends into an open grave in the cemetery. It's said to be one of the seven places on Earth where a living mortal man can enter hell. Now, people have reported seeing it, but nobody's taken the stairs yet. Or at least if they have, they haven't been able to come back and tell us about it. That's crazy. That is spooky. Man, I don't know how to feel about this. Spooked. Yeah, <laughs> scared. Scared is the answer. When I hear the story, I just feel kind of bad for the devil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, if we were going to talk about how scared we are, that that story, although very spooky, 
left me kind of heart warmed. Yeah. Know, because mm-hmm. it, it, it flipped me on the devil a little bit. My eyes hurt because I, I, I cried out some uh, little candy corns for him. <laughs> oh, no. Some Halloween tears. And then I ate them. Yeah. Other people definitely don't agree, though. Because of its association with witches and with Satan, the graveyard and the old church are seen as epicenters of evil. Uh, there are legends that the spirits of violent murderers congregate there. And uh, and legends that the church itself is cursed. Most of the stories are pretty flimsy, but there are a couple that I think are worth talking about. For one, that old abandoned church, it's been the center of a lot of microbursts. Do you guys know what microbursts are? I didn't. No. The storms, right? Yeah. It's a it's a weather event, but it's it's basically a windstorm. But instead of wind blowing horizontally across the ground like wind does... In a microburst, it blows straight down in one localized spot. That's just a vertical crazy. gust of intense wind straight down from the heavens. That's a backwards tornado. Is that the basis of Wizard of Oz? <laughs> I don't know. That's Kansas, right? Yeah, it is. Could be. Oh my gosh. I think you stumbled on something. Is she the witch or is she the de- is Toto the devil? <laughs> They're in love. <laughs> hey guys, I, I tried to crack this. I typed tornado and I figured if I read it backwards, maybe that would be the answer, but that's not a word. <laughs> Nothing. <not>. Okay. <laughs> Dan Rot. <laughs> There's been a handful of people that were exploring the church when they experienced weird wind events like this. And in the early 90s, one of these microbursts blew straight down on the church so intensely that it collapsed the roof. It just blasted the roof that's straight crazy. into the ground, almost like God was trying to destroy it. Hey, right? Um, I didn't talk about this because it's like my personal life and stuff, but uh, <laughs> I haven't. <laughs> Good start. Hey, I, I didn't tell you guys this either, so I'm doing it live <laughs> on the show. Um, this past weekend, in our our nursery area, our ceiling just fell. Really? What? It just fell. It's now on the floor. The ceiling is now the floor <laughs> in that room, and I'm wondering if I experienced a microburst. You got microbursted. Yeah. I just want to remind the audience of the um, the myth of the sneaker who goes to Maryland at, at this time. <laughs> mm. I'm just, all I'm saying. In this myth, is Kevin the sneaker or is the sneaker coming to get Shh, Kevin? Roger, no. Don't say it. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, have you been uh, consorting with the devil at all yeah. recently? No. No. Me? Okay. No. Then. That's stupid. No. You're stupid. Oh, I know that voice. I know that guy. <laughs> Stop doing that, Goo You're going to get in trouble. So that's confirmed. I mean, that microburst, that's that's fact. That happened. And I feel like that leads, that, that lends some some credence to the story, right? Mm-hmm. And that reputation of the Stoll Graveyard, it spreads pretty far. And there's a couple other incidents, a couple other people that give it some credibility. Now, this story is unconfirmed, but it's said that in 1993, the Pope was flying from the Vatican to Colorado for some Catholic youth conference. And when he found out that his flight path would take his plane directly over Stoll, he flipped out and he said, we have to change the flight path. I have to be rerouted. I can't fly above that graveyard. He didn't want to be above the devil's the devil's playground. That's wild. Nobody's been able to like get the Pope to sign off that that actually happened, but it's definitely a rumor that's been floating around for years. It's pretty crazy. Man, because it would just suck him down with that, with the big mm-hmm. Udanra. It's going to suck him in, yeah. That's <laughs> yeah, true. And if you're thinking that the Pope had some credibility to the stories about Stoll, wait till you hear this. In 2013, Ariana Grande was on tour <laughs> going through Kansas, and she requested that they make a stop in Stoll so she could see the graveyard for herself. And she said that as soon as she set foot on the church grounds, she started feeling nauseous, just sweating, feeling like she was going to barf. And then she was overcome with a stench of sulfur. 
And she said that she was convinced that there was a demon there. She said that the sulfur was a sure sign to her that there was a demon in her in her midst. So she ran back to the car that was waiting for her so she could get out of there. And when she opened the door, there was a bunch of flies buzzing around the inside of her car that weren't there when she pulled up. And she's convinced that she was in the presence of some evil, maybe even the devil himself. I love this story so much because yeah. you literally went from the Pope to Ariana Grande. <laughs> as sources of if reputability. If you can't trust Ariana Grande yeah. on matters of supernatural, who can you I trust? swear those aren't my flies. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't here before. That's very spooky. It's, I'm very spooky. Yeah. Man, cool. that's, do you guys want to go see if we can uh, find yeah, the staircase? I do. I would really like to. Actually. I want to be microbursted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, hey, if you guys like what we're doing, send us a uh, a scary request or scary story or anything else you want to storyholepodcast at gmail.com. If you want to see the pictures that Joey was talking about, join us at Storyhole Podcast on Instagram. Uh, leave us a review over on Apple Podcast. Leave us a, a scary review. We haven't gotten a scary review or a regular review for that matter in quite some time. We've been getting yeah. some emails and stuff, which are super fun, but it, it has been a while since we've got a, a new review to talk about. So that'd be really yeah. cool mm-hmm. if somebody would go over and do that. Yeah. Join us back next week for our, our, our scary conclusion of, of Scary Hole for uh, 2021. Goodbye. Goodbye. Ha, ha, ha.